This podcast is brought to you by our partners at 8 Star Energy. 8 Star Energy, a clean energy company leading the future of portable and renewable energy. To find out more, follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy. I want a tagging purpose for football all the time. Now we've got our backs against the wall and we're going to fight and we're going to fight hard. You've got to show me all the guts and all the determination you've got in your body. You've got to inspire me. A marvellous kick. That's as good as you'll ever see. And Footscray are back in front. From inside the centre square, boys kick the goal. Boys kick the goal. From inside the centre. Oh, that's a goal and he's Hey folks, welcome to Danny Boyd, a podcast about the greatest football club in the known universe, the Footscray Football Club, Betriatry Limited, trading as Western Bulldogs. My name is Danny McGinley, and with me, the other half of the show, the man with the 242nd most games played record for the Western Bulldogs, Tom Boyd. How good's that, mate? 242 games, less than I imagine our guest has actually played himself. One of the, uh, not only great Bulldogs of all times, but one of the uh, the great people that I've ever met. Uh, Dale Morris is with us today. Yeah. Welcome, Dale. Dale. Uh, thank you. Thanks for the intro, Boydie. Appreciate it. No worries. How many games did you end up on? 253 in the end. Oh, I left probably 60 out there with injuries. So, oh, I would um, say you probably maybe left more. a few more, yeah. <laughs> and um, how many did you play injured? Probably a better question <laughs> yeah, to start 250. With. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and in those three games, are they the ones where you got goals? Yeah, probably. <laughs> three it's goals? It's amazing what you can do when you're fresh. Which one's your favourite of your three well, goals? Well, of the three goals, and there is one team that stands out that I guess you can call my bunny. Yeah, um, oh, we do. Yeah, so I kicked two against Sydney. <laughs> Look at that. Uh, <laughs> And one against uh, one against Richmond. So the uh, the first one was against Sydney, and I'll never forget it. it was up there and playing on Ryan O'Keefe. Um, and Old Rock. Yep. Um, what, what, some, what year is this? Oh, I don't off the top of my head. I can't remember. So um, are you I, like first season. Or yeah, first know? couple of seasons. All right. um, and I remember following him down. Somehow ventured into our forward half. Uh, the ball got kicked over, and we're chasing it. Brad Johnson kept the ball in and actually uh, handballed the ball um, to me. And he was calling it back, and he was out of bounds. So <laughs> he had no faith in me running into the forward 50 to kick the goal, obviously. But um, he was out of bounds, and I've seen it and gone, oh, dear, I have to take this myself. Oh, and, dear. Uh, not, oh dear. Not, not, oh, yes, I get to. No, it's I'm a backman. Oh it's, oh, dear, what do I do uh, here? And, and the quintessential backman who's kicking over 20 metres, spot on. Yep. Absolute perfect 20-meter kick. Never missed one in his life. But and let's just leave it at 20. <laughs> Anything where there's like a man in between you or the kick, it's like, well, we'll just leave that alone. One of my first few games, one of my first few games down, it was down in Geelong and same thing. It was about a 25-meter kick. I had to spot up Ryan Hargrave. Kicked it straight to Stevie Johnson, my, uh, my opposition. But anyway, <laughs> we're talking about the goal. And so I'm running in and it's on the, the 50 and uh, boundary line junction. Um, and Jono's out of bounds. I'm like, I have to take, do this myself and slotted the goal and didn't know what to do after that. Didn't know how to celebrate. <laughs> all I was worried about, I've got to go all the way down to the back line now. So <laughs> you're telling me, because I, we played together for five years, you kicked it more than 50 metres. Mate, look look for the, it's It's a granulated replay that you can only find on video cassette. <laughs> but it's out there. And yeah, slotted that one. Um, so what's that first season? Uh, I can't remember if it was first or second but year. So you're what? Because tw- you got drafted at what? 21? 22. 22. So yep. you're 22, 23 years old, kicking first goal in the AFL. You're like, how good is this? Kick and every kid junction. dreams of it. And I didn't know how to celebrate. So I missed the opportunity. Uh, but um, What would you do if you kicked it now? Uh, first goal. Double Cobra, I yeah, reckon. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, they're a bit more developed now than they were back <laughs> yeah, then, though, I imagine. But um, yeah. do, you, do you ever think about – like, is that something you think about? Obviously, Dale didn't think about goal celebrations. Boy, he has a forward. Did you ever think about what would be a cool celebration to do? Because I imagine – you look at soccer stars. They're, getting, they're doing big choreographed dances a yeah, lot of the time. Yeah. I don't reckon you think about um, the actual – I mean, some people do. Don't get me wrong. Definitely, some people do. <laughs> but I think I think you probably get a more of a sense for how big of a moment it is. I mean, like for instance, the famous Toby goal. I didn't think about that. It was just the biggest moment ever. Yeah, the goal in the grand final. In the grand final. Now, who, how did you get that ball? How was that gathered? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get, we'll get there. there. Yeah, we've got to dedicate a whole. But we then, can't jump into that too much. And then if you get a free kick 20 metres out, you, you can't really carry on too much. So you either you either you try and keep your vocals down or your, you know, your demonstrative nature of your arms and legs moving. What about you? On top of that, there's two different forwards. There's the forwards who kick a goal and it's me, me, me time. They run yeah. away from their teammates, <laughs> know where the camera is and are almost staring down the barrel of the camera. Yep. And you've got those team first forwards that run back to the teammates and we'll go back to the person who probably passed it to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the ones I like. Yeah, not me. <laughs> you know my first ever goal I kicked to the Bulldogs? It was the first piece of advice Bevo gave me. So we played West Coast round one, 2015. Yep. And I kicked a goal late or midway through the last quarter. It was quite significant. The game we, winner. Let's call it the no, game we, winner. It, always is, it, yeah. just, it was one of those important goals where we we sort of broke away from them. And at this point, you know, we're trying to work out who we are as a team. Bebo's just going to the club. And I turned basically from a set shot um, and looked at the crowd. And I didn't run or anything. I just like looked at them Thought and celebrated. Thought nothing of it. Yeah. I, it was just natural for me at the time. And Bevo came to me and said, you, see, you know, probably maybe you have a look at your teammates. And I was like, oh, well, you know, Kyle wasn't really thinking at the time, but, you know, maybe you got a point. I, I can get that. The crowd is louder. So you're you're even just talking as a, as a primal instinct, you would yeah. look to where the noise is coming from. Yeah, watch Bond. He looks at the crowd every time. Oh, every time. He's a very natural. I mean, he always goes after his teammates afterwards, but his first reaction, especially when he kicks big moment goals, which he does like once every two weeks, yep. which is extraordinary, is straight away to look at the crowd. It's always the way he Just does a vibe it. Like you said, he'll go back to he his always team, go back. Which, is, yeah. which is okay. It's, we'll let it it's go. Like, uh, so I remember Jake um, Stringer, when we went through the year when he kicked 50, he did a lot of like the whole like running through his teammates. And there's a few, <laughs> like, you can't stop me, you know? Yeah. Yep. Um, but he was. Uh, he was kicking so many goals, especially on the run that year, that I think he just used his momentum just to like knock over a couple of teammates along the way. I think he was running to get a drink. Yeah, I think maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's what I did miss as a backman. Um, it's it's an unheralded position. Yes. You get some incredible spoils. Um, you don't get to kick the goals, but you don't get to celebrate those moments. Yes. You'll get a, a key spoil, body spoil, clear the ball, beat your opponent, and it's just move on. Doesn't it? Does that annoy? Like, if you were, you had your exact same career, but just reverse positions. Like, oh. you would be Hall of Fame. You celebrating know, Jonathan Brown. Yeah, you Brad. would be Jonathan Brown. Yeah. Get, there'd be the Dale Morris stand <laughs> at Witten Oval. Yeah. When did? At what point in your, I suppose, growth as a human, do you actually come to terms with I'm I'm going to be unheralded my whole life? Yeah, early days, early days. But oh. that's where uh, coaches and teammates are important. The coaches will put you up in lights in the meetings. The teammates will get around you for a spoil. They appreciate. There's a greater appreciation for what the backs do. The forwards get a lot of me, me, me time and they get their time in the sun. But the backs will get around each other and there's a greater appreciation for I, I reckon the even stuff. the age groups, right? Like I reckon my first thought process is – the people who love um, Bailey Smith and Aaron Norton are like 15 and younger. Yep. But the people who loved 
Dale Morris yeah. and Matty Boyd and Liam Pickin and Bob Murphy, they're all like 25 and older. The older maybe, maybe I'll like, keep maybe going. Like 40 and older. <laughs> but they just appreciate the fact that there's obviously unsung heroes. And I, I wouldn't say that you're un, unsung. I'm, I mean, I think by the end you were appreciated so much, at least within the four Yeah, walls. definitely. Like every week it was just like – Dale Morris highlights of the things. <laughs> it, it, I always actually still talk about um, about you now sometimes when I'm doing a, a couple of coaching points with people, especially when the ball clears the back of like the last line of defense. So it's just one person between the goals and the guy with the ball. And Dale was the master at making the guy with the ball stuff it up somehow <laughs> by running away Mind from tricks. him, like to back towards our goal and giving him more time or like running really? at him and then changing and then just stopping certain goals. And what, we appreciate that so much. What's the logic of running away from the Well, if they've, if they've got space and you, you're on your forward who's out, maybe at the back of you or you've got them covered – you don't want to charge at that person with the ball straight away because they're expecting you to do that. Go over the top, easy goal. So you retreat with the forward who's probably leading towards the goals trying to get an easy goal out the back and you wait for that guy who's out the back to bounce the ball because then they stop looking at you. They'll look at the ground where they're bouncing and then you strike because then they look up and you're there and they panic. They will either try and do a loopy handball or a snap kick or you tackle them. And you can stuff up there. It doesn't work every time. Oh, that's good. But that's what you can do. But there's if you get the timing wrong. So I've pressed up too too quickly and they've got it over the top. And now I'm chasing. It's usually a quick guy. Yeah. So I'm chasing someone. What's the one thing that you're um, told as a junior when you're running with the ball that you want your teammates talking to you? But if they say one thing, you know you're in trouble and that's you're hot. Yes. So if I'm chasing someone who's really quick, I'm chasing him. No chance I'm going to catch him, but I'm screaming at them saying, you're hot, you're hot. <laughs> and they panic and they kick it and they turn around and no one's there and they look and go, oh, you bastard. <laughs> Even though they know it's not your voice. I mean, it's not no, a teammate's It's the heat voice. of the moment. So they right. hear the call, you're hot, you're hot. They're like, geez, he's caught me. How did he catch me? Young, so they'll rush yeah, the Young kick. players panic more too. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Like the, the, the stars don't panic. No, no. They'll players. turn like, around and go, you're not, that doesn't work on me. <laughs> <laughs> but but this, is, this is a real cause and a real case to be made for the Dale Morris defensive masterclass. Yeah, <laughs> all sit right. Sit down. I like it. We do the Gordon Ramsay like full like, you know, where he breaks open the souffle and it all spreads out and like, it's a really nice moment. We just do that with Dale. The deconstructed And we just mix. make it all of the highlights of Dale like breaking either his bones or someone else's bones <laughs> and we just market it to the greater population. This is a good like idea. Millions. This is a good idea. So what's – oh, Boydie, I'm going to ask you, what's your favourite Dale Morris moment? Um, oh, it's a tough one. I mean, there's so many. Because there's so many or not yeah, many? No, no. <laughs> Which of the three? Yeah. You, you know what? I, I will say, I mean, obviously the most famous one that in terms of the flashing of the, the footage is the goal and the tackle and the smother and all of that sort hey, of stuff. Which goal? Which so goal? In which the goal? grand final. Right, that, the, that's the one that gets The goal played. that you kicked. Your favourite Dale Morris moment. Is the rundown tackle before it. <laughs> <laughs> but without the two, it's not that moment. No, that's true. Without that's the true. tackle, Boydie doesn't get the goal. Actually, without, exactly. And I do yeah. think you kicking the goal, that moment isn't no. what it is. And no. it is your my favourite moment of that part. Let, let, I suppose let's go into it. Yeah. Let's go. I'm standing here, sitting here with the two 
architects of the moment we win yep. the grand final. And we've had the flea who jumped on my back on previously, <laughs> yes. so we've covered all bases here. <laughs> well, Buddy's our guest next week. Yeah. <laughs> my favourite. So, Dale, you were pl- um, you're you're on game day the next day, Channel yes. 7's game day. And uh, by the way, how did you draw that short straw? Because like responsible, you know, yes. Because <laughs> what had time to did pick one who was going to be um, presentable? <laughs> <laughs> and they it was a short list of two. It was like him and Easton. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I do remember when hosting the Witten Oval the next day. There was I was under very strict uh, orders to uh, don't try and talk to Liver, <laughs> don't yes. put him on the mic. <laughs> Would have been quite entertaining. Though. So, at what point did you get told that you have to get up early the next day? I honestly don't remember. Do oh. not remember. I, it was that whole after aftermath of the grand final is just a, a blur um it was I- incredible so you were just saying yes to everything because <laughs> yeah, everyone was on a high it's like yeah sweet i'll do that Let's and you do don't it. even think I about it i didn't say yes to one thing when we went to the um the alfred or whatever that pub in willie yep. to meet at the next day maybe it's a albert or something like so that. this is like the morning sunday after. morning before we went to the ground yeah for we all met day. there yep we went in there and um uh, uh nathan brown from Footy night. Oh no, that was he a turned big up no. and he interviewed Eastern Wood and they yep. said they are they like asked to interview me and I was like No. Why are these people even here? Like, why do they know where we are? <laughs> well, is that because it's Nathan Brown and he no, he's a turncoat <laughs> left the club? It's like, it's like the, the, the the let's have a lads laugh joke footy show with Tony yeah. Tony Jones and the not and game Kane. day one. Nah. Game days has got Hamish McLaughlin. Responsible, respectable. They don't really joke about things. It's all informative. And then, then they, hey, they... Hey, I had a comedy segment on that. They did joke about it. Yeah, things. but I thought you guys were doing... The, oh, you did. You had the comedy segment and you did the warm-up there too as well. No, you? no, John Deeks used to okay, do the warm-up. Anyway, but then they send that out there and they're like, oh, who do we want to interview? And they like try, and they asked me and I was like, are you like crazy? I've had like three hours sleep yep. and it was, let's say, alcohol interrupted. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. And I've just been driven over the like the Westgate with my, my fiancé and she dropped me off and then they want to do an interview. I'm like, just yeah, interview Easton. He's boring at the best of times. <laughs> yeah. He's not going to say anything wrong. <laughs> it is, yeah. No, yeah I'm, not, I'm not just slagging off because it was a rival show, but I really struggle with the Sunday morning footy show of just, oh, mate, I'll tell you what, jeez. We've had, hey, check out Boydie here. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the schnoz on him. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's enough out of me. Let's yeah. talk about the grand final. So you, you, you had, what time did you have to get up for game day? For game day, I was always an early riser. Um, I'd, go, I'd get to the game. Oh, no, you sorry, mean game I mean the, day? I mean, I'm yeah, talking for, the day after oh, the grand final. Geez, no, you're on you're talking Channel about blurs, show. No, I don't know. I don't know. definitely okay. didn't drive in. Oh. <laughs> I, I want to clarify something first and foremost. That that wasn't just my favourite Dale moment. I was actually going to say that there's a lot of Dale moments, but the flavour of Dale's moments are very similar, a lot of them, which is like just save the day and yeah, just yep. fix a problem that no one else on the ground could have fixed. Um, but, yeah, that one stands out most. And then I think you're actually going to ask him about specifically what happened in the lead-up to that moment because well, that's yeah. probably the most interesting because I've never spoken to Dale about this or I think I've said one thing to him about it. So this is actually quite interesting for me as okay. well. Okay, so you – I mean, everyone talks about the fact that he had a broken back and we will get to that. Yep. But literally – in the, and you see it in the footage, three seconds before you tackle Buddy Franklin, both your calves cramp up. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, Take your magnesium, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I was taking everything and it still didn't work. But no, being a backman and having playing for a long, long time, you build up your endurance. And the position I played, you stayed on the on the ground for nearly the whole game. And that's so the midfielders and the forwards can get a rest and you can just soak up game time. And the, the grand final was at a pretty good, you know, handy pace. Um, and I remember at that point, 
um, with that contest that I felt both, you know, when you get that tingle when you're about to cramp, I got that in both calves at the same time and went yep. to take off and it just felt like that they were about to just fully go and cramp. Um, but leading up to that, just that um, spot right there, when the ball was coming out, and I'm someone who was a meticulous pr- preparer for the game. I'd always study my opponents, learn their strengths, see, look at their weaknesses and be, be able to exploit them. Buddy Franklin doesn't have many weaknesses. He's good yeah. in the air, good on the ground. The only thing that I could find was overhead marks. He wasn't always clean. He'd double grab a lot. He'd tap always. it down. Yeah. So when that ball came out, um, I could see it was going to be an overhead mark. And I can't reach. I'm behind him. I cannot get that spoil in without chopping his arms. So I knew there'd be a little window, a little moment that I could swat the ball away to stop him from completing the mark. So the ball comes in, overhead mark, and I kept my hand in between where it would be a chest mark, and I was able to swat the ball away. That's the only way that I was going to stop him. Ball hits the deck. I start to um, protect the back of the stoppage and where the ball is because I didn't want them exiting to the front. And that's when I cramped, and they handballed it out to Buddy, who continued to run. I thought I'd stuffed it up. I thought it cost us the game. I thought, <laughs> we're gone. Buddy's going to reel around. on Perfect on his left. Yep. He's an incredible field kick. I thought... I've lost us the grand final. You, you, you actually had that I thought. thought. I, I thought I'd buggered everything up. Oh, no. So, and then the ball comes out, he picks it up, and I could feel my calves cramping, but I just – I had to go. I, you no thought option. at this point you had to make up for the mistake, the mistake that you made. made. <laughs> that I cost us the grand final. So it was full panic. And, um, and then was able to chase him down. And earlier in the game – but he rolled his ankle. Something happened to his ankle. He did, yeah. yeah. We didn't On know Joel this. Hamling's foot. Oh, that's right. Actually, did you guys know this as players? Because we're no definitely idea. in the stadium. We didn't. No idea. Yeah. Uh, no. I don't remember hearing about it, but it was weird. He did keep going back down to the rooms and to not see Buddy like with a presence. No, but in he the did game. in the third quarter when in he got that goal. Yeah. I think it was the third quarter. Yeah, he outran um, Joel and it was just like he just put and the he, jets the on. I was like, oh, oh, I thought, oh dear, he's and on then now. He, yeah. hit, he did, he, and he hit that kick where Toby gave away the 50 when he kicked yes, it to yep. Josh Kennedy and Toby just cleans <laughs> him up yep. in Toby's first and only moment <laughs> of brave toughness in his oh, career. Oh, that's a whack. Oh, here we go. Oh, okay, let's just say tough. We've got just, Sunday footy <laughs> show here. First and only moment of like – Brutality and like bashing someone because he smoked Josh Kennedy in that yep. contest. Um, and he, and then you're right, he did have a couple of moments, but he went missing for a quarter. Basically, yep. the, the second Buddy. quarter, yeah, yep. end of the first, um, he I think he did his ankle from mm-hmm. memory, and then he kind of went missing. But I just thought that right. Joel Hamling was doing an incredible job. Like, he yeah. kept him quiet. <laughs> haven't even seen him. Yeah, but that's the thing. That, that was the main thing. I just didn't see him. Yeah. Like, it was yep. really, really weird. And well, then yeah. he still was able to step people in the last quarter oh, and do yeah. what he wanted to do. But that's, I reckon his ankle was troubling him. So when he got that ball, like, he's perfect for a left footer just to yep. arc around and, and kick that ball along him. Yep. But I think he's taken that extra step or two because of the rolled ankle, yeah, which has given me the opportunity to get the tackle and to get him to ground. Yeah. And at what point at the tackle... Did you know that you know you'd, he he because he he should have been penalised for holding the ball and he would have been they called advantage. Yeah. Yep. What point did you like? When, when have you got? How long's the the journey from? Oh God, I've cost us the grand final. To hang on. Oh, boy, has got it. Yeah. No, I I remember tackling him, thinking. Oh, geez, I'm buggered now. I've got to kick it. And, yeah. <laughs> and, but, and Boydy picks it up and I just thought, thank God, because <laughs> I can't kick over a jam tin and we're outside 50 <laughs> and Boydy's picked it. And the sound of yeah. the ball on the boot when Boyd like, – I had the best seat. I was lying down with Buddy like yeah. right behind the kick and it was just a, just a thud that went through the ball. And 
the arc on the ball was just incredible. Yeah. The outside 50s kicked it and it was shaping in towards the goal. It was like someone was behind the goal. It was just drawing it in, pulling it in. When it bounced, I thought it bounced straight up. Mm. So you see, I've quickly gone to get up because I'm thinking – because Sydney was beating, I can't remember yeah, who it was, it was on the way in. Lloyd yeah. was running back. Lloyd yeah. was going, and I thought, he's going to get it and they're going to exit. So I bounced to get up, and but then I see the crowd go nuts behind the goals, and I go, woof, that was yeah. big. I've, ne- I've never um, I've never kicked the ball as hard as I did then. Oh. But then for it not to bounce forward, it, like it everyone was like, up. It, yeah, kind like, of, it did go forward and up, but I'm like, for a kick that hard to not bounce forward is like super rare. Yep. It was like it just added to the to the ecstasy the of theater. the moment, the theatre of the moment. <laughs> um, and I to- I don't know if I've told you this, but I still, to this day, I mean, I never heard the whistle. Nah. So I had I no only, idea. I only knew because the crowd went. So I was probably, you know, honestly, I mean, not for the, so for the free kick, I didn't know it was a free kick. I had no idea. I didn't even think about it. If you had it. heard it, would you? No, that's what I think. I, if I'd heard it, it would have been a detriment because it probably yeah, would have given me, well, even a fraction of a moment mm. of doubt. It would have been would the equivalent of a defender bouncing the ball and yeah, Dale yeah, Morris is attacking. Right. That's it, right. would, it would have a hundred percent affected the kick in one way, shape, or form. There's no way that because if you look at it in in actuality, it's like pick up three Instincts. steps, kick. It was, that's it. Nothing yeah, that, happens. Not where, one thing goes nah. through my mind. And that's where the instincts kicked in. And we've got players that um, I guess rely on just being coached and coached and coached, but. The instincts in the game is when players are at their best, and that yep. you just picked it up and you just kicked it. Yeah, and, you know, and that's why it was so so good. Yeah, um, and to be honest, that's what I struggled with my most in my career was to be able to play with instinct because there is so much information in the game. There's structures, and, there's yeah. setups, there's timing game where you need to be in a certain position. But that's where I think Bevo has been great. Is mm. yes, we have all that, but this is our structure. And how you play after that is you play to your strengths. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's exactly what we did. Yeah. But we spoke about forwards before, the two forwards that will either run to the crowd or go to the person who yeah. got them that, that goal. What did you do in that moment? Yeah, I told you, ran to you the crowd. You ran away. <laughs> I, well, I had to chase after him to get a high five. <laughs> I didn't even know Dale tackled him. Was, this is my moment, know. Dale. My moment. <laughs> and you didn't know uh, Toby was on your back. No, nah, I've said this like a dozen times. Like, I. He didn't I, flinch. I didn't even notice. And Toby's a bit bigger now than he was. Yep. So, but he might have been seventy something. It was his year. first year? Yeah, first year. That's right. That's crazy. He, we he lived da- with me that year. Yeah, and we had Dunks. It was his first year too, right? And yeah, like we had some serious some young guys boys in their play. second year. Like I Zane was, was centre half forward. It was my third year. Um, Very um, young, playing in the play and playing ruck as well. Yep. But I actually remember because. What actually happened was the reason why I ran out was part of the reason, obviously, to celebrate. But part of it was because I was doing the same thing. I was waiting. So I had run out on that right foot arc and then I was kind of like watching. So you were you're setting up defensively just in case he was oh, coming no, out? No, I no, was just no. trying to get a better view. I was like, oh, where's the ball gone? Are we going to get a goal? And I was sort of like, like anticipating it happening because I was like, there's no way this is not going well, through. Well, that's what Toby was doing. He couldn't see. So he jumped on your shoulders yeah. to see if yeah. the ball was going through. <laughs> It wasn't to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> and did uh, to the, the senior players like your your Eastons and your and your Matty Boy? Do they because uh, they've seen that you've set it up so well, Dale? Do they run to you to celebrate, or are they or are they like instinctual, like like you know, 
like us fans running to the goalkeeper. Yeah. Uh, see, all the forwards went to Boydie, yep. but um, the the backs we appreciate the good yeah. work that the led fifteen to that. and over. In, in, <laughs> in all seriousness, if you look at outside that year in particular, like you look back and you see. Um, we got a, quite an elderly backline, I would say. Yeah. say. No, we did. We did. And, and you watch every time something happened. And I mean, elderly, not in just in, there was a, obviously a few who were quite elderly, but there was a lot that were quite experienced. I mean, Bigsy played every game yep. for two years yep. straight. Like people had been there and they were consistently there. The way that would what would happen, would, anything would happen in the front half, we'd kick a goal, all the backmen would beeline for each other around centre-half back. That's how cohesive you guys were. And it was really obvious in all the vision we watched, they would always go back and congratulate each other. It was a, a huge priority of mine that, as it, obviously as defenders, we don't usually get the opportunity to kick goals and to have those moments to celebrate. Usually when we get together, it's after we've had a goal kicked against us because yep. the, the forwards kicked a goal yeah. and, and the forwards aren't going to run down to us and give you a tap on the bum and say, good luck, because they've up there yeah, and they've got to set up. You've so got to run an extra 200 metres to yeah, get up exactly. and back. It's not going to happen. So <laughs> I made it a priority of mine that um, if, if you were down back, Danny, and someone kicked a goal against you, I would go straight to you just to give you a bit of a pep up to say next one or to try and help you with a technical thing that may have broken down. But if the opportunity came where we could get forward and celebrate with the forwards, we would. Like yep. It was the first goal. Yeah, everyone yeah. gets yeah. there. Always around centre forward. Or like you'd catch the line in front of you. Yeah. You get, you get yep. to the midfielders, the backs would get to the midfielders, the midfielders try and get to the forwards. The forwards never try and get to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. If, if we got goals kicked against us, I'd always try and get to that player yep. because it's not a nice feeling. It no. feels like you let the team down and you can be left alone and that you don't want to feel alone out on the ground. Yeah. What, what do you say? So say it's uh, someone's first game, they're, you know, they're green as all hell, they're, yep. they're probably 18 years old and yeah, they've just royally stuffed up, like definite individual error. Uh, do, do you just say, don't worry about it? Or what, what, would, what yeah. would Dale Morris be whispering in their ear? Uh, depending on what exactly happened, but it could be reminding them of their strengths, reminding them what they're good at. If there was an obvious breakdown somewhere with something that they did, you'd say, you know what happened, it was just this, but don't worry about it. You know, They know how to fix it up. They, they've played footy their, nearly their whole life. They know how to play footy. So you're just there to try and remind them that they belong. So this is this, this is why you were moving into coaching. Uh, you were the development uh, coach yep. until the the AFL just re- said you're not allowed this many to spend this much on coaches. Yeah, the, the soft cap came in and that got cut by over. I think it was three point six million. Ugh. And you, so you were on three point five. <laughs> <laughs> and might I say, devastating because Dale had the unofficial title of development coach throughout my whole career. Oh, really? Like seriously? Well, because Dale, as fierce and you know scary as he is to play on on the field, is like the most kind-hearted, generous, mentoring person in the back line and across the team so I imagine it must have been slightly disappointed I was really disappointed when I heard because I was like this is you're made for this oh, I was it was shattering to be honest yeah. it, was, it was probably one of the hardest moments you, you slip from the uncertainty of being a player when you finish is yeah. what's next and yeah, it, it is shocking um, and then to to set yourself up and to move into coaching and then for this to happen like I was stood down in March mm. um, and then didn't find anything out until when was it August or yep. something. So, so no, did you go on job seeker? No, I was that. Uh, no, it was full time homeschooling. So oh, I was Mister Morris at home. No, uh, <laughs> how old? How old are you? You bought your two, uh, two boys. They were grade five and grade two at the time. Oh, that, at mm. least they can read. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's. It, I don't know how many times I said to them, "Do you talk to your teachers like that?" <laughs> <laughs> so it was very testing. Well, but, does that? Um, I mean, you just said that he's very scary on the field. Can he be angry, Dale? On the on the 
I don't know. Field. Toby lived with him for a while, and Toby's um, no. I mean, I mean, on the field. Uh, I mean, I mean, just from a physical standpoint, more oh, so okay. than anything. Dale's a silent warrior. Like he, yeah. he never really. You weren't a chirpy guy. No, particularly. no. I, I wasn't quick witted enough to respond. And like nah. Buddy Franklin, he's at you, at you, at you, and I don't have time to think oh, of something. Nah. I'm knackered. I nah. just got to concentrate playing. What did Buddy say after the? I know we keep going back to this goal, but did you've tackled him? So you've spoiled the mark, then tackled him. Boyd's got the. If match you think goal, Buddy but said but anything? <laughs> you <laughs> what would Buddy say in that moment? He tried to get a kick again afterwards to try and fix it, but there was yeah, nothing he could say. No, well, but that was the thing. Earlier um, in previous final series, um, like he kicked five on me and a half. So I um, definitely owed him oh one. Eight. Yeah, yeah, that was the one. And, you know, that was that was hard. And Brian ended up playing on him in the in the second half of that game and um, kept him quiet. But uh, yeah. I definitely owed him. A few buddies. He's done a number nice. on Brian since, don't worry. He oh, he's done a, numbers he did, on everyone. Remember he did a number on him in that grand final where they um where Hawthorne won against Sydney and Buddy was just on fire. Kick five five or he's, something. He's one of the hardest to stop. Oh, it's, it's impossible. Unreal. And look, if Dale you can't, can't stop, stop him, him, yeah, you can't up up and going. And it's what I always say. Everyone always said, Who's the best player you've ever seen play? I mean, Buddy at his best is a better footballer in terms of the gap between him and the next best than anyone I've Currently. ever seen. No, not at the moment. He's not as good as he was. But the one that I saw when I played yep. against Buddy when he was up and going, the difference between him and whoever was next best in the competition was so big. Like See, it's funny you say that because I, I, my hardest opponent would have been Nick Rewalt. Yeah, okay. Like Buddy's right behind him. Yeah. But just he would work you into the ground. Yeah. Like he would run that hard that you were physically sick. At, yeah, yeah. By the end of the game, or in the last quarter, battle of will. He just keeps going. So it's the the difference in players that you're talking about. Buddy, super talented, works hard. Yeah, but he's it's just a freak. I just I just remember this one game in particular where um I went to watch as a 17 year old, and it was Essendon versus um <clears throat> must have been sorry um must have been Hawthorne at the time, and Jake Carlisle was just getting up and going at Essendon, okay. and he was all you know he was all Australian, he was dominating, and he comes in. And absolutely smashes Buddy from behind before the first bounce. That fires him oh, right. Like, I remember hey, that. Snow just just shoulder yep. charges him, okay. smashes Buddy to the ground. Buddy turns around, starts bashing him, and then he kicks seven. Yeah, and in one of the most dominant displays I've ever seen in a single game from a forward, and just was kicking him from sixty at Eddie. Had the sound of the ball. It's just extraordinary. It's funny you mention that, and that was something that I would look into in my who I was playing against. So I look into their psychology almost. Yeah. How do you so, do that? Well, you you look at what worked and what didn't work against opponents. And there's players out there, like you rough Buddy up, it yep. fires him up and yep. he will dominate. Mm. But there's players that you can rough up and they'll go missing from the game. Yeah, there's other sure. players that you can – you watch the game behind the goals footage and – you which, can see, which all the clubs have access yeah, to. Yeah, everyone does. Well, I can't look it up on YouTube. No, 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 no. Yeah, <laughs> and you've got a guide, obviously, because you look at their best games and you see yeah, what yeah. happens, and basically. When they, they don't get a kick and you wonder why, but there were players that I noticed that needed that interaction with mm. their backmen to almost fire themselves up. So you could see they're chirping at the player, and then if that player you know, bit and went back at him, it's almost like it got him in the game. Yeah, it keeps him engaged. Yeah. So because you were silent, that freaked well, him out. at times. So play against like uh, Favola, Brennan Favola, when he was oh, playing. Yeah. Like, yep. He'd need a chat. <laughs> yeah, no, but you talk to him, and you just talk to him about general stuff, about life, about what's happening – he kind of for, he would he would forget he, to play he, footy. He oh, loses really? that edge. So yeah, yeah, he just like he's still you know unbelievable player, yeah. but that edge you're talking about, uh, he loses that uh, because he's engaged in the chat. So yeah, I yeah, do I, that. I believe that my mate does breakfast radio with him now. Nick Cody loves the chat. He just says he's got ADD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you just talk to that's him. That's actually an interesting point though, because 
there's obviously it's obviously very hard to be a forward. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but as a backman, if things go right for a forward and a forward's good enough, there's nothing you can do. Pretty much, very hard to stop. And you were always as prepared as possible. You were prepared mentally, physically, you know, emotionally, bought in with the team, everything prepared as much as anything. And that little fifteen percent, ten percent, five percent you're talking about, probably do you feel like gave you the just enough. To maybe 100%. hang with some of these guys. You're talking 2% yeah. like, or 1% even. If you can find a little edge to be able to um, limit their influence, yeah. then you do it. Um, and on that, you there's some players that you talk to. There's other players that you would ignore. Yeah, yeah. So they would talk to you and you would just not answer back because yep. they're doing that to get in the game. But yep. you'd all also have to adapt during the game. The two, 2009 prelim against uh, St Kilda, playing against Rewalt, um, leading into that, that touched. Game. It was touched. I uh, point out that goal was touched. Jared Harbour touched it. They're correct. And he also Brian bumped him just yes. after halftime. And I was talking about this before. That, that is the worst umpired game that I've ever seen. Wow. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Lead, great. How many hours have we got? <laughs> yeah. Leading into that game, um, uh, Rocket and I think it was Peter Dean was a backline coach, and uh, we just had one objective: stop Rewalt. Yep. He's their their man. Center, typical center forward. Yep. Everything goes through him. They they just kick it to him. But his number one was the lead up. Yep. I was always a back shoulder, body on body defender. Coming into that game, Rocket and Dean, he said, we want you to play five, ten metres in front of him. All game. All game. Don't, wow. don't go on his back shoulder. Never done it before. I was like, are you sure? And they said, <laughs> it's only the biggest game, one of the biggest games <laughs> ever. But just do it. And I said, righto, let's do it. So, start of the game, played in front of him. St Kilda would win the, the ball out of the midfield. They'd look up for a leading rewalt. Yep. And I'm there. But they'd still kick it. So, I was able to intercept and stop him. And his influence in the first half of that game was minimal. Yeah. After half time, credit to the Saints and Ross, they changed the way they played. They started instead of him leading up, he'd lead back. Yeah. And they'd kick yeah. it long. So it got him in the game. But after half time, we're coming out. It was a fiery game. Yeah. The, we're we're ahead, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember watching well. this game. I how remember watching how old these were you at this point. Fourteen. Fourteen. So oh, 13, 13 or fourteen. You feel a bit old. Us dogs fans were very that was the year that, that was got the away. Year. That yeah. was the one that uh, I, was I loved, oh. loved watching the dogs out year. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, everything it, it felt so like everything exciting. with the stars were aligning for, for that year. Yes. Then after And we were ahead in that game. I remember just thinking we because I'd seen so many prelims where we just drop our heads. Yep. And that we were so good. But then, yes, start of the second half for our long, younger listeners. Yes. What happens? Well, we come out and the umpire, like we were, everyone was bumping and St Kilda were coming yep. out fired up. And they said, if anyone goes to, the umpire said, if anyone goes to ground, I'm paying a free kick. So Rewalt. Hmm. So he he started to jog and he jogged straight at Brian. Yep. Like not, didn't run, yep. charge. He just ran at him and Brian braced and did a little bump. And he's a big guy. But Brian's a big oh, guy, big strong, a strong uh, the best one-on-one defender that I've ever yeah, so ever seen. Um, Barring yourself, not, you, dude, yeah. you got a mirror in your yeah, house. Yeah, Come that's on. What I was no, no, he's a, he he was unbelievable. One-on-one, I couldn't beat him. He yeah. was unreal, unreal. Yeah. But yeah, he just v-lined for Brian. Brian bumped, rewalk goes down, dived. Yeah, well, let's, I, I remember. I remember this. Like yeah. I remember, even as a thirteen-year-old, it was so obvious. Oh. It was like Fabio Grosso in the two thousand six World Cup. It was. He knew exactly what he was absolute doing. Absolute embarrassment yeah. to the yeah. game. Uh, Brian, he braced for it and bumped and. The rest is history. Now, well, now, see, I would have thought when the umpire said, if anyone goes to ground, I'm paying a free kick. Yeah, against the person for diving. Wow. Wait, yeah. but in the umpire's defence, it's not unknown for Brian to give away silly free kicks. They look for it. They look for <laughs> it. So not yep. only did Nick 
Oh, very smart. Think about very smart. these umpires are going to be a bit precious to start the half. But who's the most culpable person exactly. to do something silly right here? Yeah. Brian. That's 100%. 100%. Uh, what about when, uh, I believe it's in the middle of the last quarter, it, it's flooding because, of course, it's St Kilda and that's yep. what they did. Yep. And uh, it's boundary throw in. Acker gathers it, kicks it. It goes 150 metres up the ground to empty space. And, of course, because no one can catch it, it dribbles out for out of bounds. They gave it deliberate, which but they never they paid never, back then. Back then, they, nowadays they would. Yeah. Yep. Back then, they never paid that. No, no. So. What was the vibe like? I mean, we're talking about happy times with the grand final. Were you all just furious at the umpires after that game or oh, are you all are you, are you more professional and nah, irrespective of the umpiring decisions we felt like that we had some missed opportunities left out there goals that we missed yeah, that Gia had a mr sitter well and that's one that stands out but throughout the whole game and yeah. so if the umpires had have made those de- decisions that were a bit different doesn't matter we had opportunities to win that no matter what it's and you, it's, it's almost so always the case isn't exactly it? you can't rely on no the umpires to win you the game. You need to win it in your own right. Yeah. And we had opportunities to do that. And it was uh, the flattest I've ever been after a game. Because we would have beaten the Cats the next week. Yeah. Because we'd beaten them two weeks. Oh, three. oh no, we'd beaten them three. Yeah. Yeah. Like that now, but, yeah, of course. I would have smashed yeah, them. That was pretty good. But anyway. <laughs> Boys, I've never, I've never seen the Bulldogs lose a grand final uh, in my lifetime. <laughs> VFL, AFLW, well, I mean, AFL. And, and this is there, there is some of that argument towards us. I mean, Sydney do complain about the free kick count in the 2016 grand final. But, oh, the, yeah. but the point is, it's the same exact argument. You we to took our it. moments, yep. we took the opportunity, yep. and they didn't. And yeah. that's the difference. I mean, the umpiring is just, it's it's speckling a flavour. I mean, very rarely does it change the result of a game. But Maybe that, that, it can. That's yeah. the beauty of our game, is it? it's umpired by three umpires who have maybe a differing opinion or yeah. interpretation of a rule yep. that it creates the conversation. And that's why, yeah, it can be frustrating at times, but that's what makes our game so great. Yep. Um, and the way it is at the moment, there's so many different interpretations and rules. It's really hard for the umpires to umpire. So, yeah, um, and the fact yeah. that there's there's a million moments in a game. Oh. Well, we always used to talk about this with the Bulldogs, that you know, it's a game of moments. So the more moments you get right, if you do 70% of the things right and they go your way, you're probably going to win. Once it gets closer to 60-40 or 50-50, then you bring the risk yep. of umpiring interpretation or luck or the Stephen Miller bounce of the ball oh, yeah. into the yeah. game. That's yep. what happens. But if you win enough moments, the game goes your way. And that's what we did. We yep. won our fair share of uh, our, the majority of moments we won. And we could sit here and go through the whole game with Bigsy's efforts in the yeah. half forward flank. Oh, we plan to. There's a live show coming. Zane's, yeah, Zane's, Zane's first massive goal. tackle. Yeah, yeah massive yeah. tackle. Smashed yeah. Hanabry. Yeah. You know, Woody's, Woody's yeah. illegal tackle. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe one of those free kicks that we got away with. It's a new free kick. Yeah. It came in next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, we changed, the, Woodrow. We yeah. changed the game yeah. after that with yeah. a no third up. No third up. I've um, complained about it ever since. Yeah. And uh, turned me into a ruckman, which made my back much sore. <laughs> my, my career may be more short than it would have been. <laughs> yep. Well, let's uh, w- w- just talk, let's talk about the current uh, squad at the moment. What um, the you know we've had the bye. Yep. We're, we're, we're doing pretty well. We're ten and two. Yep. Things you know, as, as Boydie says, we're, we're in disappointing bloody- affair against obviously Melbourne. Yeah, but but you know. but you know then they go up and and then they lose. Um, this week exactly. I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but after we lost to Melbourne, uh, I was watching with a mate on Zoom. Uh, it's my old mate Shane, who I've been going to games with for decades. And uh, we then, once we lost, we cracked open the whiskey. <laughs> and uh, within half an hour of that final siren, you should have heard us just going, "You know what? 
That's a loss we had to have. Yeah. I yeah. feel sorry for Melbourne fans. It, yeah. it always is. It ends up being the loss that we had yeah. to have. Yeah. Why did we have to have it? Yeah, but round, we did round twenty-three. It only it only counts if you if it turns <laughs> out all right afterwards. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. But no, you look you yeah. look at the season that we've had at the moment, um, and the amount of injuries that we've had yeah. weekly almost, and yeah. the the outs that we've got, but we're still being able to play some really really good footy, and to get the wins, and that to me is a sign of great depth. Um, that come finals time, as we've seen, injuries are going to happen. But I feel like we're in a very, very strong position to be able to cover nearly any injury that we get later in the year. Hopefully there's none. Yeah. But these guys that are getting games um, through yeah. these injuries, the experience they're getting now is going to hold us in good stead for the future. Yeah. So would you call it the injuries we had to have? Yeah, but yeah let's call it <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, the yeah. injuries we had to have. <laughs> yeah. I, feel like, um, I feel like, too, that there's a certain amount of quality through that middle mid, mid, oh, yeah. mid part of the ground that's compensating for an enormous amount of issue. I mean, we have had some change. Bont probably being the, the consistent one there. Bailey's been there all year. And then we've had some... How is Bailey? Smith. Smith. All right. um, there's been some changes, obviously, through Chalor and Dunkley and Martin and English going out at different points. But having your captain in there all the time, I think, helps. And he's yeah. having a... You know, I was having a league-leading year. Yeah. Another gear. How well, I don't know how he does. He keeps finding those extra oh, gears when you think this, he's run this, out of this gears. This is the thing about Bond, and it's funny we spoke about earlier about um, those guys who like aggression, right? I'm not sure Bond loved it initially, but I remember this game. I'm sure you remember too. Do you remember when Ferrito went after him yeah. against North Melbourne at Etihad, right? So they Bond had been talk of the town. Right? This is 2016, isn't I it? I think it's 20, this 2016. This is Harvey's, uh, he's, Harvey's broken the record the week before. Yeah, I'm not sure about the... Maybe. Late in, maybe. The, yeah. Late in the year, was it? Yeah. Was like, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was a really important game for us. Yeah. And, it, and we'd had a few issues and mm. we're trying to sort of steady the ship a little bit. And then Ferrito went straight after Bond. And everyone knew... Everyone knew that they were going to go after him. And the same year, the same thing happened the next year with JJ um, yep. against Sydney, and yep. it didn't work out the same way. But Bont took it head on, went straight at him. And he knew that if he could weather the storm and play at 120% capacity for one week, they'd give him a reason not to go after him the yep. next week or the week after, the week after that, because the, it's what happens. And they bury you into the ground just through fatigue. And that's what happened to JJ a little bit, probably in 2017. Well, what um, they want to do is they want to take your focus off playing footy. Right. And so they'll get stuck into to Bont. But when the ball's bounced, Bont just plays. Yeah. He plays in a physical way. He'll push, he'll yep. shove, he'll bump. But he's in the game. If he's focused on Ferrito and what he's doing to him, yep. then Ferrito wins. Yeah, of course. But being mentally strong to stay switched on to the game is why he's able to work through yeah. it. Yeah, and that mental toughness to go, no, no, I'm not, I'm no, not copping I'm not this now. This. I'm not no. copping this ever. <laughs> No. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna smash me all game, and I'm still gonna have my 25, and I'm gonna kick a couple of goals, and I'm gonna throw it straight back in your face every time something goes right. Which is easier for midfielders to do, right? Um, I agree. For for JJ who copped it in the halfback flank, yep. it's a lot harder for him to work through it because you're a backman, so you do need to cover your man and yep. stay with them. As exactly. a mid, you can run off a bit more, and guys can block for you to get you out. Yeah, but you have to almost fight your own battles a little bit. Yeah, as a, same as a backman. forward and a yeah, forward yeah, too. Same. Yeah, Forwards, you get tagged every week. Yeah. You've got a backman right on you. Yeah, but imagine it's that conversation you were having earlier. If you give them the sense that weakness is something that you, you, you'll you give them, you'll mm. give up that physical physicality or the you know the the verbal discussion, then it'll come and it'll come and it'll well, come and they won't year, forget. They, um, the game, they got stuck into Libba they yep. in Melbourne. Yep. They tagged Libba. 
Um, and they then the next week they tried to Frio did yeah. Frio tried to do it again and yep. he broke through it he yep. broke through it yep. so then the next team well do we do we tag him or are we going to go yeah. back to Bont or are we going to go back to McRae yeah. or Bailey Smith who do we send Matt DeBoer to or who do we I know exactly. I know he's obviously not still the the main target point but whoever it is we have a player in our team who's whose job relies on someone from the opposition mm. who who do we who do we send them to and if you don't have an obvious answer they suddenly are carrying dead weight through the middle mm. of the ground. Yep. And I think that's what we did particularly well when we've been successful is that we have so many players who can step up that you can send them to any one of them and someone else in that midfield will step up and, and do well, which is definitely happening this year. Well, it's say. definitely happening this year with our midfield depth, but yep. I don't think there's another team in the competition that would be able to cover the amount of injuries that we've had through no, our midfield, our back half, forward half, and still to be second on the ladder. Yeah, I agree. And they're not peripheral players. Oh, they're big. They're, they're, they're the players. structure of yeah. your team. They're your ruckmen, they're your midfielders, your, your core, core ball winners. Mm-hmm. Um, Why do we always have – we always seem to have a lot of injuries. Is that just every club has and I'm only focused on the Bulldogs? Yeah, or? because you're a Bulldogs yeah, yeah, man, you, you see are. all right. the injuries. Okay. Everyone gets right, Look injuries. at the, the Magpies are being decimated this year. There's plenty of clubs. Frio. When Frio. we played Frio, mate, they oh. didn't even have a bench. They, no. Yeah. Yeah, it, I couldn't believe they beat the it's Suns. A, it's a brutal game. Week. Yeah. It's a brutal game. Yep. Um, as a defensive uh, sort of doyen and you appreciate what they do and everything, who should uh, civilians like myself be looking at and appreciating the form of in the current squad? In our, in the Bulldogs In the Bulldogs, team. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about other teams. Uh, <laughs> I, I look for the, the little things in the game that the defenders do and someone will see a defender either miss a spoil, but it could be a simple thing that they've just used their left hand instead of their right hand. Yep. They didn't get a body spoil in. What I'd... I try to. I play on big guys like Boydie. When he was at GWS, I can't out jump him. I'm mm. not taller than him, so I need to find a way to beat him. Mm. Um, and I can't. The umpires are looking for that chopping motion. Yep. Um, so I would jump into Boydie and try and line up in the middle of my chest. That would just jump into him with a straight arm with no raking action. So I can't get done for. You're not even trying arms. to hit the ball. Almost. I'm trying to just disrupt you where your hands are to yep. the ball. So and I can hit your body to take you off the line. Because forwards want the ball right there, right there in their hands where they're seeing just it, just above their nose. Yeah, yep. If and you try and outreach with these guys, I mean, look, Harry McKay is a good, good, good example. He's yep. even bigger than I am. Yeah, you know, long arms, longer. Like, no chance. If you're behind him, so you've got to hit their body to move their hands. So then they've got to adjust, and they'll probably either um, stub their finger or miss yeah. the ball or just not take the mark. That's all you want to do, yeah. and that's a win for a backman. So. And I would say go one step further with you, Dale. The difference between you and many other defenders, because many defenders get the body sport right but the difference between you is that you always seem to manage because a lot of the time if I'm a bigger guy and I have the spring on you I get a second bite at it mm. and you always had this innate ability which I could never understand to somehow get the second scrape in the second like you know you I've, buddy. I've sm- yeah I've smashed you and now I'm half falling down and then I can grab your arms or then I can smack the ball because you're not going to call a free kick on the second bite. And it was an extraordinary ability and you used to do it to everyone. It that's must have been was, so annoying. That's because I was the middle child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a brother who was taller than me and a younger brother who was faster than me so I had to find a way. Yeah, so that's right. It was all about finding a way. Oh, well, there you go. It's all about where we come from. I actually have a, a really um, a personal question I want to ask you, Dale, because uh, it's really interesting with me. Like my career is obviously way, way shorter than you, and my career is defined by a few small moments, right? And then there's the trade, and there's the first draft pick, and then there's grand final. Basically, mm-hmm. that's all of them. Is it difficult for you when you look back at the sheer amount of amazing games you played, games you played in, important finals? Do you find that people just remember the grand final a little bit, 
And if they do, is that um, probably a, a poor reflection of the sum of the work that you've done over 15 years? Oh, definitely people remember when they, I guess, see me or want to talk to me or recognise me. Um, it's always about the grand final, the yep. tackle. Um, but what I take great pride in is they are absolutely loving the one percenter. Mm. You know, the tackle. The tackle is a it's a one percenter in a game. Yep. You know, the spoils, the body knocks, the everything that I pride myself on with my game and wanted to be known for and reliable for is what people if that's all they remember me by, then yep. I'm happy with that because it's a tackle. Yeah, um, yeah, that's really nice. You know, it, it's pretty cool. It's it's not something that you usually see up in light. That's not a specky. It's not an amazing Eddie Betts goal from the boundary. Yep. It's a tackle. It's in the it's 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 your biggest um, strength and skill in the biggest moment. Yeah, you possibly could have had that, but that moment was there because of the however many years, thirteen years before yeah. that, of perfecting my craft and working on the little things in the game. Because I always knew that. Time, the time will come where the little things are going to be the most important thing in a game. Yep. And that moment came right then. In yeah. The biggest like, stage of all. You're like a graphic designer who's designed a poster for you and charges you 300 bucks. People go, what? That only took you 15 minutes? Yeah. But I've done 15 years. years of study yeah. for this. So your tackle was the and poster yeah, of yeah, your the career. The end product of, yeah. of all this work. And it's an amazing like moment of poetry in terms of the game is obviously it's commercial, it's this, it's that, it's high paid, it's it's superstars. But in your career, it's the exact thing that you were known for and it just popped up at the most important time, <laughs> probably, what, in one of your last 15 yeah. or so games. Yeah, 100%. And... And that's what I love about it is it is the the little thing in the game. Um, and I I love the one thing well one of the things that I really really loved about playing was watching other people be successful. Yeah, I loved I absolutely love that Which is moment. Rare, by the way. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, you'd have to ask yeah, no, people. Yeah. But what I absolutely love about that moment and the tackle was your goal. Mm. Like the tackle was was fine. It was a tackle, mm. but that that goal. You know, you talk about the lead up to a moment, you know, the the pressure, everything you went through, number one draft pick, coming, trading over to the Bulldogs on the money that you're on and all the pressure, the stress, everything that you've gone through yeah. and that moment, I was, I'm super proud of that. I'll, when I played, I would block for a teammate so they can get a clear kick and they would hit the target, we get the goal. I'm super pumped for them. Yeah. Not about my block, just that they were able to execute and play to their strengths and the best they can be. Yeah, and I think in a in a sentence that sums up why Dale was such a great teammate. And I must say, it would be remiss of me not to say that obviously my this response from the public to me is the same in terms of the goal, but it's very, very rare that they don't say, oh, that tackle and then that goal. So yeah. they never disassociate. Oh, we're two peas in a pod. It's always the same we're thing. We're together forever and for every life. Now and again, and every, <laughs> and every now and again. We're going to get a tattoo of each other. Yeah. And every now and again they go, oh, and then, yeah, and then Toby jumped on your shoulders. But most of the time it's just It's us two and then, and then uh, the Toby's the third wheel. He yeah. can join in every now and then. <laughs> it, it, he's like, uh, you're, you're uh, Mel Gibson, you're Danny Glover, <laughs> and he's just Joe Pesci coming in. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's like Tom looking blank because I reference a movie from uh, before he was I know who Joe Pesci is, don't I? Casino? Is he in Casino? He is a casino. Yeah, I'm talking go. about Lethal Weapon. Pretty good. 
Anyway, no, I haven't seen that one. Let's uh, we're running out of time, so let's go to listener mail. Uh, big response when uh, told oh, the, fan the fans favorite. Oh yes. Oh dear, what's happened? All right. No, that, actually, no, we've gone through ones. most of the uh, questions we've got. Uh, here's a great question from uh, Minimalist Rainbow: uh, Have you kept up your diet and fitness routine since retiring? Because you do look good. Yeah. Uh, oh, we should also say you were sacked from coaching, but you're still at the club. You yes. run the events. Uh, I got a good name. Yeah. <laughs> Business Development Executive. Hey. Uh, Look out. Yeah, look out. (laughs) What does that Um, mean? So I get to look after and manage the top dogs and player-sponsored coterie groups. And also- They're great coterie groups. If anyone's thinking of joining those. 100%. Good fun. And little two seats, function room. Access to Dale, 24-7, phone number, speed dial, all of that. MC for all the games. Wonderful. (laughs) Heaps of new questions every week. Uh, As a follow-up, is is coaching back, is it on the cards for the future, do you think? I, I love the coaching aspect of making players better. Yep. What I didn't like was the time away from my family okay. and finding that balance was very, very difficult. I was only in it for six months. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's hard to tell. But what I've really enjoyed about the new role is did you know weekends you get two days off? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's unreal. I, I've heard this rumor. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. So, <laughs> but at spending time with the family, you know, um, Charlie playing footy on the weekend, um, being able to be present at home like yeah. for a game. Yep, okay, we play on a, a Saturday, but your Friday is wiped of you thinking about the game, stressing mm. about the game. Am I eating right? Am I sleeping right? Am I walking too much? I can't yeah. load my legs. Why is um, my foot sore? Exactly. Uh, why is my finger sore? Why is this I've got sore? to get a good night's sleep. Yeah. Day of the game, I've got to play well. You know, Dad, can we kick the foot? Oh, I can't. I've got to rest. Yeah. I've got to do oh, this. No. Yeah. The day I mean, after, you're sore. You're yeah. tired. Dad, can we kick? Oh, five dis- minutes. Yeah. Yeah. You win. Yeah, let's kick the footy. You lose. Oh, I'm a bit tired. Yeah, I need us know. rest up. We've got a big game next week. Yeah. It counts so much more. But is it still nice, obviously, to be connected yes. in that way that Definitely. you are at the moment? Definitely. That's great. And there's opportunities where I can go down and help. Yeah. Um, it's a bit hard now with the COVID yeah, stuff. Yeah. But being down and, and helping and, and connecting with the players has been awesome. He's ta- teaching him how to spoil, but he's wearing a hazmat I suit. I never yeah. thought I'd hear Dale say there was too much time spent at the footy club, but I'm glad to hear that you've worked out that there is. I it's spent a, it's lot a wonderful. Of time there. You did spend a lot of time there. Yeah. Well, so. the point I was making is that yeah, I, I do see you in the coterie groups, and you're wearing the uh, the polo yep. that everyone's wearing, and you just look like a player. So, have you kept up? How have you kept up the fitness and and diet? Training now is fun. You get to do what you want when you want. There's yeah, not yeah. someone there with a stopwatch saying go, stop, go harder, uh, slow down. Or well, they never said slow down. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they did. I'm, st- I'm sure you had a hammy issue at some yeah. stage. Oh yeah. <laughs> end of the yeah, end of the, the career, career but yeah. going for my runs and doing my weights at home it's actually enjoyable yeah. um i love training at the club but now it's just completely different yeah it has a different function when yep. you finish what's harder this is from mark bulldog 57 uh playing footy or being a home dad <laughs> during well, lockdown i got injured being a, <laughs> being a dad early days i um i went down the slide playing tiggy with the kids chasing after him and hurt the pcl on my knee so oh. i was in a knee brace yeah, there you for played a every single game of football you possibly could have played <laughs> i reckon every game you oh, squeeze out every minute of football that you possibly but, could. Yeah, yeah. You, you've you've had so many injuries, and a lot of people ask the same similar sort of question. Like, how do you mentally get over injuries? And like, can you teach? Like, if if uh, if any of us get you know the flu, yeah. what, what what tricks did you have for getting over them? Because you spent a lot of time in recovery rooms. Yes, I did, and I had some significant injuries. And I don't have any special powers or special genes that why is Iron Man. to heal. Iron Man has special, no powers. Special genes, maybe, done. but special, special powers, <laughs> yeah. no. No, no. And 
I relied on my support network around me. So if I got an injury, we had Zimmer and Jakey at the club yep. forever. Um, and I would lean and rely on them significantly. So you talk about the the back before the finals. Um, I was terrified that I wasn't going to be able to be dad at home for my kids. But talking to the specialists, talking to the, the people who are the experts and getting all the information that I can allows me to get through the injuries. And at the end of the day, I'm injured. Is it going to get worse if I train, if I run? Um, no, it's not okay. It's just a matter of pushing through the pain. And pain you can deal with. Pain you can push through as long as you know the injury is not going to get any worse. Yeah. If it's going to get worse, then yes, you have to stop. I'm, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to no. – if my back was going to – mean that I wasn't going to be able to walk when I'm older. Yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't play. Yeah, and I and I imagine and look I'm sh- I'm sure this is the case for you, but you are obviously immaculate in the things that you asked every question you needed to do to tick it off. And the more quantitative stuff you can put on a whiteboard and say this is what I need to do to get from here to fully recovered. But the other thing that I think that you did better than anyone, which I wonder if it was obviously a conscious thought is that you never disconnected from a, the social group in terms of just being around the footy club, but B, you never disconnected from the coaching element of the game where you would go and sit in with teammates or you'd go and sit in with um, with uh, players of a similar position to help them through their edits or help yep. you know on their journey. That was obviously something you probably developed over time, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. And it's something you need to make a conscious effort to do because the, the natural reaction is to go, this sucks. Yeah, I'm not important anymore. No, and yeah. you go sit in your room and poor me, you mm. know, why did this have to happen? And that's when you can get caught in that negative headspace yeah. and be thinking about, you know, this isn't fair. Um, so I'd make a really conscious effort. And I'm a positive guy anyway, so what, I guess it wasn't too hard for me to, to switch and to look for other opportunities to help. And it could be doing segments throughout the week to get yeah. boys up and get a laugh. We should uh, touch on this. Yeah, oh. you, you mentioned when we when I we, we when we locked in Dale, you said he was in charge of yeah, of and, jokes. And this might have to be the last question because okay. I think Dale actually has a job. He does. I do, have, I do actually have a job. I've got to get back so, to. But. So Dale, in your later years, you were somewhat of the godfather of jokes at the footy club. <laughs> and the funny probably addition to this was Liam Pickin, who came out of his shell for like hilarious, just really strange. But he can't really explain that over podcast. Um, when did that start? When did you start being the master of fun? Because I reckon it started in my first year at the footy club, 2015, probably towards the end. Was it when you were injured, maybe? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I would have been trying to find an avenue to release. Yeah. And, and But I guess it just developed. Early days in your career, you're establishing yourself yep. in the team, in the squad, where you stand, you know, and where you're drawn to and, and what your strengths are. And, and I guess over time, I just – I loved making people happy and getting smiles. Um, so I found ways to be able to do that by running different quirky sort of segments that <laughs> the they, dice roll or whatever. Yeah, the dice roll. Yeah, but they always had an underlying message in them. Yeah. Um, so and it was all. It's not about the big thing. You're the, like a sitcom in the '80s where there was a lesson learned. Yeah, at the exactly. End. It, not all of them would have got it, but I'm sure some <laughs> did. But the, it was all like uh, some segments that I'd run, they'd be focusing and highlighting the one percenters, the little things in the game. The big things will take care of themselves. You're going to practice the goal kicking, the handballing, the, the big marks. But the little things, if we can highlight them um, and make it a, a bit of fun, uh, but draw it to people's attention sub, subconsciously, they're going to be thinking about it in a positive light and they're inclined to do it more. 
Mm. So what, what, what is something you did that, that would highlight that? So if, if people are listening the smoth- and they want to... Smother nature. Smother nature. Smother okay. nature. <laughs> what is that? It was highlighting smothers. Yep. Simple. But I would go about it in a way to... And also involving so what, you, the coaches. You're showing highlights of everyone's smothers? Yep. Yeah, throughout the game. Grading yes. them. Yeah, grading, grading them. Okay. There was a ranking system. Yeah. Um, but it was also bringing the coaches in. So I would all scour um, the internet to find the coaches <laughs> actually doing smothers oh, as nice. well. Joel or, Corey's smother. Have Joel a Corey's One of the epic, greatest ever. Greatest smother of all time um, against Collingwood. Teresa. Yeah, he, <laughs> That's what it was he was smother Teresa. Um, uh, highlighting the fact of that smother, and each smother was ranked in a certain way. And, and Murph actually helped come up with the idea, and and we put it all together. And mm. um, like you, you've got your. We, they had names as well. Um, so your normal smother that you see it flick off the end of someone's finger. Uh, the umpire is usually calling touch play on. Yep. Um, was a smother's milk. Okay, yeah, nice. A smother up, just a step up from that. So a nice smother, your ball deviates off the line, probably goes to ground, is your Wayland Smothers. Nice. Um, <laughs> and the smother that it, it you see the smother and you go, ooh, that was a good smother. Yeah. Usually has that response, is a tough smutter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the, the holy grail of smothers is your smother, Teresa. Yeah. Um, and Get the ball back. Your feet, uh, feet are usually off the ground, so it's a full body commitment <laughs> to the smother. Um, you win the ball back and are able to um, gain possession. Um, it's very, very rare and very hard to do. Yeah, almost impossible. Almost. I think we had one. Yeah, but it, does, it can happen. I reckon I heard Dale explain those smothers at least 15 times over my career. So I can remember, <laughs> you've, you've still got the exact same wording and everything. But um, I know we do have to wrap up. I think I can speak for all the Bulldogs fans out there as well as obviously Danny and I in the room that um, you're a quintessential Bulldog, a quintessential good bloke. Bull God. Yeah, Bull God. (laughs) Quintessential good bloke and one of the the great teammates and people that I've met along the way. Thank you for your time today and uh, we wish you all the best and the best for the Bulldogs going into the rest of the season. And uh, will we beat the Cats on Friday? Of course we will. you got to go in positive. What's the point otherwise? That's right. But no, thank you very much for having me. It's been good fun. Thanks, Dale. Today's episode was proudly brought to you by 8 Star Energy, creating energy for the future and power you can count on. Follow them on Facebook at 8 Star Energy.